Welcome everyone to the weekly slab number seven. We are on our seventh episode here of the Slab Sacks Weekly Show called the Weekly Weekly Slab, where we talk about different topics in the sports car marketplace, different things up for debate. We've got a lot to talk about today, a lot to debate. Nate, welcome to the show again. Another week. Hey, another week and uh, some good topics today. Very excited. Uh, first, we're going to be covering in this show, Flawless Basketball is going to be released very soon. And it was announced that the patches in the set are going to be game used, which is huge. And we'll debate that, uh, that versus National Treasures. And then we'll move on to talk about our 2022 flip quest. I'm extremely excited about that one. So definitely want you all to hear about what we have going on with that. And the next topic is going to be the episode title. Is the 1986 Fleer Michael Jordan PSA graded cards, are those overrated? That'll be a fun one to talk about. And then we'll move into what's hot, what's not. And we'll end it off with the three up, three down for Slabstacks FC. Last week had some technical difficulties uh, with the episode recording due to some Wi-Fi issues. So this week it will be in this episode. It was not in last week's episode. We're going to get going right away today because we have a lot to talk about. So first topic is flawless basketball. The NBA brand manager at Panini posted these pictures at Vegas Puck on Instagram from flawless as they were packing out the set for launch. And it did highlight that lamella ball on the back of one of the cards. It said the the enclosed material is game worn in this card. So there was also images of other cards that floated around of the Luka Doncic, uh, uh, not rookie patch auto, but the patch auto of him. And then also triple logo man of Steph Clay and Draymond, which would be a huge card in that set. And that that prompted us to ask the question to Instagram. uh, Now that we know that Flawless is game worn this year, does that put it over National Treasures as the top high end set? Some followers on Instagram were throwing in comments about Flawless Saying, well, in the past, Flawless has always been game-worn, which is true. It has been. But this year for National Treasures and for Macula Basketball, on the back of the cards specifically for the rookies, it said the enclosed material in this card, it's not guaranteed to be used by any specific player in any specific event in any form or fashion at all really tied to anything. Other than that, it represents the team. So all for all we know, they could go grab a jersey from Dick Sporting Goods and stick it in those Immaculate and National Treasures RPAs. So that's why we asked a question. Will 2020 Flawless Basketball be more sought-after set, specifically for the Ricky Patch Autos, over National Treasures? Nate, do you have any thoughts on that in general? And then we can talk about some sales value. I mean, I'm not a I'm not a basketball card market guy. Let's get that out of the way right away. But do you really think that them being game-worn is enough to overtake National Treasures? Because I that- sure don't. Yeah, no, that's a great question. I mean, when you're talking about sales values, no. I don't think you're going to see the flawless RPAs rival the NTRPA, specifically for guys like LaMelo and Anthony Edwards. Now, in terms of the top high-end sets, I 100% think that this set is the top high-end set, flawless basketball. Now, a lot of people base that logic in general off of the rookie patch autos only because that is – the most sought after cards in the set outside of, let's say, like a triple logo man of the rookies like LaMelo, Tyrese, and uh, Anthony Edwards, or like the Steph, Draymond, and Clay. But I do think that Flawless is by far and away the better high end set this year. National Treasures is the type of set where you might open a box, you might get like $100 in return. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you get an RPA of a player that doesn't matter at all in the NBA today or going forward, and then you get the normal run of the mill autos of retired players that have nothing to do now with NBA or like any even fan, you know, fandom that play, people go and buy them for a lot of money. Um, those really small pa- like Jersey cards in there. Um, you could get really just destroyed on a box. Now debating the box openings is different too, but flawless is a more expensive product overall. And I think that they definitely try to pinpoint more high end players, more high end cards, which makes sense. Now you can also get your like 10 to $25 cards of a flawless box, the mini box that comes in it. But I just think that overall it's going to be a way more sought-after product, especially with those game-worn uh, patches. Now, as for the sales, like Nate brought up a good point. Do you think that that's enough to boost it over uh, National Treasures? And when it comes to the rookie patch autographs, we looked at two different players here. One is Luka Doncic. So on October 23rd in the PWCC Premier Auction, his 2018 Flawless Vertical Green RPA out of 5 BGS 9.5 sold for $288,000. The flawless vertical RPA of Luka Doncic. That's kind of like the base RPA, um, the at least the image. Now it is a parallel green out of five. If you compare that to the National Treasures Luka Doncic green RPA out of five, 
BGS9. That sold via private sale. Uh, Shine was the seller of that Shine 150. A million dollars on August 2nd. So you're talking about a 9.5 vertical flawless selling for 288000 with a game-worn patch in there versus the NT, a BGS9 with not a game-worn patch because there's like the number 88 is the patches that's used in those, which is basically what they wear at the rookie premiere to get as many patches as possible out of these cards. And that sold for a million dollars, Nate. Like that's a huge, 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 huge difference, like massive difference. And then if you look at the flawless John Morant, the vertical numbered out of 25, the vertical out of number 25 is pretty comparable to the base out of 99 for national treasures because those two are like the highest numbered RPA um, out of those sets. The PSA 10, which was a pop one when it sold, I'm sure it still is a pop one. So for $30,100 on November 11th, that card is sick. I'm going to put it on the screen here. A super awesome looking card. On November 22nd, a BGS 8.5 National Treasures RPA of, nine, of 99. It sold 11 days later for $40,100. That is just an insane difference. We're talking about a PSA 10 Pop 1 Flawless Game Used Vertical RPA of 25, $30,100 versus the BGS 8.5 NT RPA number of 99 sold for $40,100. That isn't like that proves right there that clearly the game war in RPAs is not going to be a, enough to dethrone the king RPA out there, right, Nate? Well, here's my second question. Yes. You know, we we talk often about market inefficiencies and trying to find them and capitalize on them. You are liking to collect, uh, you know, your uh, your PMGs right mm -hmm. now. You watch the Spider-Man PMG and you say, okay, where can I go from there? Hockey PMGs, this and that. Um, when Topps flagship was hot and Topps Chrome uh, was lagging behind, you know, the idea was you buy Topps Chrome, it's a good deal. Maybe it doesn't catch up, but you still have a good player like a Tatis, or maybe it does catch up and then you got a better deal. So are we looking at Flawless and NT? Now, obviously, this is a very high price thing and high price players probably have their like... Uh, what they like and there's not going to be a ton of players in this realm so like tops chrome you have a ton of players there so the masses can move something like tops chrome above tops flagship where you wouldn't be able to do that with flawless and nt but do you think there's a play here where nt is undervalued and somebody you that flawless is undervalued? what you said nt is undervalued Oh, sorry. Flawless is undervalued. Somebody that's looking to capitalize can be like, all right, I'll buy the Flawless Luca out of five BGS 95 for 288 and hope that in the future people care less about National Treasures, the name, um, especially if, you know, Panini's not around making basketball cards. Maybe they'll care less about National Treasures. I see what you're saying for sure. And I definitely agree, agree with it. Um, my thought here is that 2018, I believe that the rookie logo is not included on the card for Flawless. Now you go to 2019 for John Morant and the rookie logo is on the card. This one that sold for the PSA 10 also has a 10 autograph, which as we found out now, uh, PSA is now upcharging 20% on top of the grading fee that you normally pay if you get the autograph graded um, as part of the card too. And I think that that John Morant card for $30,000, obviously a ton of money. Nate just said it. You got to be a high-end player. Not that many people can do this, but if you do have the money, I think a $30,000 purchase on, on the John Morant was an incredible buy. Now, that's even if he wasn't playing as well as he was right now. I would still say the exact same thing. Just from the fact you add in the game worn, the PSA 1010, Nate, would you ever want the BGS 8.5 NTRPA player worn card more than that flawless? Like, that is just nuts to me. It, it is nuts. I know. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not going to answer that question because I'll never be in the uh, situation to buy a $30,000 card. So it's kind of like ridiculous for me to answer that. But right. it is it is wild. It is wild. We'll say that. it is. And I want to read off a couple of comments here from our uh, Instagram followers before we move on from this topic. So D Rob fan eight says that the NTRPA is still king, but flawless has always been the better product overall, except maybe 2015, 16 NT, which was really nice. Benefit underscore cards said it always has been talking about the flawless as the top high end set. He said comes in a metal suitcase with keys. That said, the market dictates what's king and value. And then uh, TY11 Tony 
So exactly, case in point is all those other manufactured patches in the past by Top Fleer, Upper Deck, and Panini should be worth a lot more if the logic applies, which I'm sure no one pays massive premium for manufactured patch autos. Same reason why on-card autos are so big. Many people are late, even myself, but time will, re- will resolve this inconsistency, which is Nate was, which is what Nate was talking about, the market deficiency of maybe these NTRPAs being worth more than Flawless. And I will point out that Flawless does have like quite a few uh, subset patch autographs of rookies, horizontal ones, different poses on horizontal ones. So you really got to pinpoint in on what you want. The glove and helmet and cap. and Yeah, the, for football, dude. there's even a lot more than in basketball too. Um, but I, you know, you focus in on, on the top thing, those vertical ones, if you have the money. And I, I think that's a great place to be. Like Nate said, I'm also not one who can go and drop $30,000 on John Moran. So I don't want people to think that we're the ones that can go and actually act on what we're saying. Cause sometimes it's, you know, if it's not your money, then how can you tell someone else how to spend it? But I will say at least for myself, if I did have the choice, I would be remiss to say that. That $40,000 NTRPA of John Morant is nuts compared to the Flawless 1010. Let us know in the comments, though. If you're watching right now, let us know in the comments. Do you think that Flawless is going to, is going to be? I mean, a lot of people, obviously, as the comments on Instagram, they consider Flawless to be the high-end set. But will this year's Flawless 2020, will it be the year that people look at those Ricky Patrick and say, yeah, those are the ones. Those are the ones that are going to be the most coveted. It's going to be hard to overtake those sales of 255 k for Lamella Ball NTRPAs. But we'll see. Maybe someday there's a chance because you never know what happens. Today's trend is very hard to predict what tomorrow's trend will be. I'll say that. We've said that many times in the past. Um, trends change all this time in sports cards. So who knows? We'll just have to watch it over the next year and see what happens. For the next segment of this week's weekly slab and for all of the weekly slabs going forward, it is going to be our 2022 flip quest. So we partnered with PWCC for 2022 as we did last year. Cheer had a lot of really good times live bidding on their auctions. But now that the new weekly auctions are live, they start on Thursdays, they end on Sunday nights. The very first auction is ending this Sunday night, January 23rd. Extended bidding starts at 9 p.m. Central Time, 10 p.m. Eastern Time. You have to bid on each individual item you want before that time to qualify for the, for the extended bidding window. And like last month and the month before that and the month before that, we'll be hosting a live bidding session every single Sunday night starting at 9.45 p.m. Eastern Time. So I encourage you all to come on YouTube Live right where you are watching this video, the same channel we will be hosting the live bidding sessions because every single episode we do on Sunday night, we will be giving away a card to a live viewer for absolutely free. All you got to do is come watch and engage in the stream and uh, you'll see how you can win. And we gave away some cool stuff in the past. We gave away like a Kobe triple game-worn jersey, which is really cool from Topps Triple Threads. I'm very excited for this to kick off. So basically all of 2022, starting with this Sunday, we'll be tracking the purchases we make and we'll be tracking how we sell them throughout the year to see how we do in our uh, flip quest. And it's going to be extremely exciting. Uh, all the purchases will start in 2022. So anything we bought last year in 2021 will not count to the final for the final tally of this year. But right here you see, this is the PWCC weekly auction platform. So number one ends this Sunday night. January 23rd and auction number two actually goes live tonight. So if you hop on to pwccmarketplace.com slash weekly dash auction, but you can do it right now through going to the description link and clicking um, the link in our description of this video to go and get onto the platform. You will be uh, able to place your qualifying bids tonight at low risk opportunities. In my mind, the number one thing about these auctions is to jump in the night that each auction goes live place all the qualifying bids you want to because it'll be the lowest risk of entry into each item. If you qualify for every single item between $10 and $15 you might want to buy, at the night of the actual closing, you'll have the ability to buy them all no matter what the price is. If it's a steal, you can bid. If it's overpriced, you just decide not to win it. Um, it's all That's all good then. And I think that's the number one technique, at least in my mind, of how to actually bid through these auctions and make sure they're qualifying for the items you want. Now, we're also selling stuff through these auctions for this first week and for the next couple weeks we'll have cards ending in each auction but those will not count to our tally of the sales for this 2022 flip quest it'll just supply a little bit more funds to use uh, for the actual buying i just want to show really quick what we actually have going through this auction so the first one is going to be a 1996 Stardate Allen iverson i was able to buy this one in vegas we have an sgc9 that's going through here right now four days left on the auction 64 current bid the next one is going to be a flare Kobe 
This one is an SGC 8 at $54, also four days left, ending on Sunday. And then we have a 1999. This is a Bowman Chrome Manning refractor. This is an SGC 8.5 at $43 right now. And then the last one is going to be a 1997. That is the Ultra Kobe Medallion SGC 8.5. And I also feel like we got one more. Um, the SGC 8.5 here is at $23 for the gold medallion of Kobe. And we do because it is a 2018 Prism Lamar Jackson SGC 9. Definitely not the best time to be selling this one, but can never uh, – it's definitely probably the worst time to sell this card. Uh, can never go wrong, I guess, grabbing a little bit of funds and putting it into something else. Right, Nate? We like to yeah. talk about that a lot. I mean, what are you going to do? Hold on to a base Prism card of Lamar Jackson for eight <laughs> months to be able to sell it for 50 more bucks later? No. Definitely not. And the, really the main reason why this was purchased was I bought Rod at a card show to try to snag like an SGC 9.5 and make a little bit of money on the flip of the grade. But that didn't work out as again an SGC 9. So might as well sell to move on. Uh, but the, So that's what we got going through this auction for the selling side. And now we're going to highlight two cards that we are looking at. We're going to talk about one card each um, for us to grab for our first flip. That was an autocorrect. I don't think I typed in the Sears. <laughs> there wow, we go. Nate, talk about your card that you want us to get. All right, so Dylan Cease, uh, starting off. I'm starting off real, real calm, real collected here for my first flip of the year. No, no big baller moves here, but Dylan Cease was second in strikeouts in all of MLB last year. He also cut down on his walks from the year before. He slightly cut down on his hits allowed per nine innings from the year before. He cut down on his home runs allowed per nine innings from the year before. Um, while significantly upping his strikeouts. Uh, and you can't, I mean, you, you can't teach velocity and you can't teach strikeouts the way he's got it. You know, you can get guys to become better, but he is top tier, top echelon of strikeout pitchers in the MLB after this last year. And so I'm banking on him continuing just development and trending in the right direction. And maybe this next year, he's not a Cy Young contender, but I expect him to be, you know, two years down the line, three years down the line, definitely could be a Cy Young contender. And so I would like to get in on Dylan C's Tops Chrome Autos while they're cheap. I like it. So if you look right here where the high has been at $19 and it says with buyer's premium, our high bid is $22.80. So if this card ended right now and we won it for $19, we'd end up paying $22.80 because there is a 20% buyer's premium now in the weekly auctions all of 2022. We will talk about that more in a little bit and I'll explain the reasoning behind that and why there's nothing to worry about. Um, it's just a switch in the process of how seller fees are doled out. And then also it's it's a all very good bidding process. So I'll show you all that in a little bit after I highlight the card that I want us to get, which is going to be a little bit more higher end compared to Nate's, but we'll see. So this card right here, the 2018 Optic Jaden Sancho, the rookie green hollow out of five BGS 9.5 is one that I'm keen in on. Will I be able to get it for a good deal? I have no idea. It's a rare rookie card. Like it's at $410 right now. Easily could be, who knows, multi-thousands by the time that the night of the closing comes. And at that point, I'm probably tapping out. But it's just interesting because these are the type of cards you rarely see pop up, um, especially in the soccer card market, to, to see a rookie card numbered out of five. Obviously, has not had a great season. But that does provide a little bit of a buying opportunity potentially on the dip. Uh, we will see, though. I mean, it might take a little bit for his cards to bounce back. There's a lot to figure out at Man U for sure. And the English uh, squad is definitely jam-packed full of talent for the World Cup and the national team. But I want to display the bidding process here because right now we are outbid on this item at $410. So the new process is a 20% buyer's premium. And I'll go into the selling fees on that side in a little bit. But the reason that there's a 20% buyer's premium is because of the switch in the seller fee structure. It's pretty consistent with places that sell outside of eBay. If you bid on eBay, you won't be accustomed to this, but you'll be able to learn it really quickly here, really fast because PWCC implemented this bidding tool, which I think is absolutely key. And it's very good for buyers where when you hit update bid, and let's say we want to bid $430 on this card, it'll say one bid pending down here, but right away, You'll see with buyer's premium, it shows it. It says $516. So I know they are automatically do the math for you. If I bid $430, our final win price is going to be $516. I'm going to hit review and confirm. It'll show my max bid there again. It'll show with buyer's premium right there again. I'll click confirm one bid. And then it says we are placing your bids. Just one minute. 
and is going to place that bid for me and it'll show I'm outbid right now with the current bid at $440. Now, you might ask yourself, why is there 20% buyer's premium? Why do the buyers need to pay more money for the cards? Technically, if you're bidding on these cards, you should put in your bid and understand what you're paying. Like this will not change. It. Nate, do you think that this will change it all in our eyes what we bid on that card? It won't, because or at least for me, it won't. You can say for you next, because it will show us right there where our final bidding price is. Yeah, I, I, you gotta, you gotta know that the twenty percent is there, and then just go in knowing that if you're comfortable spending five hundred twenty dollars and it's currently at four hundred twenty, you can only go up ten bucks. And, and you'll know that based on the calculation that happens before you bid. Um, that's the great thing about it is you can always see before you bid what the final price is going to be right there. So if it's 460, it's 552. Now I just want to highlight really quick the selling side of it because this is important for you to understand too. So we're on the information here. And if you go and look, here's the seller's commission. So this is basically what the 20% buyer's premium does. It makes it that there's zero selling fees. So if you sell a car between zero and $49, as the seller, you receive zero bonus on top of the final bid price, which doesn't include the buyer's premium. That's called the hammer price. It's like the big bolded number before the buyer's premium is added. Let's say you sell one for $5,500. You get an 8% bonus. So you walk away with 108% of the total commission of your sale. Nate, if you ever someday become big baller status and sell a card for $200,000, you get 10% bonus on that card. So you'd net 110% of the final bid price. Are you going to be a big baller someday? Let's do it. Well, we <laughs> Let's will, do it, uh, Nathan. The flip quest, the, the 2022 flip quest. So that is what we got here for the flip quest 2022. Uh, we're super excited about this journey through the PWCC weekly auction. We hope you all come to every single Sunday night live bidding stream to have a chance to win some sweet cards, watch us live bid, explain our process, see what we're keying in, on, keying in on in the marketplace. We'll be buying more than just soccer and baseball. I'm sure we'll add some football when cards start to drive in price, which they already are. Kyler Murray are already looking like a pretty good buy here to sell in the next few months. Um, and then also, I'm sure we'll get into some other fun. Maybe Nate will pick up like a Star Wars card one month and see what happens or one week. That'd be fun. And also on top of that, we will for sure be looking at or well, at least for Nate, his Devontae Graham cards and myself, Jonathan Taylor cards to see if we can scoop a couple nice pieces for our collection. And um, while this is the 2022 flip quest, we still want to go and find some sweet cards just to hold on to because we love them. Because that's why we do slap stocks in the first place. And we want to make cards accessible to everyone and collect cards with everyone. And uh, we're really excited about that potential too. All right. For our main topic of the day, we are looking at Michael Jordan being number three in the most cards sent in for December for PSA. Um, something I wasn't expecting. I also wasn't expecting to see Jerry Rice popping up at number seven. Feels like if you have cards from 1986, Aaron, I don't know if you agree with me here, but you'd have already had them graded. Yeah, definitely. And keep in mind, for those listening on podcasts who can't see this graphic, this is actually the most graded card, not player. So number three is the 86 Fleer MJ rookie, just to make that clear. Yeah, sorry, sorry. And number seven was the tops 86 Jerry Rice. Um but just it, it's mind-boggling to me, number one, that number one was Mac Jones, number two was Mac Jones, both Donruss cards. And then number three in the year of 2021, December of 2021, is a 1986 Michael Jordan. After we had Michael Jordan's going for 700 grand, we're still getting so many Michael Jordan 1986 Fleer cards in and that it's popping up. And that 700 grand Jordan was like way back in February. So it's not like that these are like, you know, this isn't like the output report, especially because people wouldn't have them sitting there for six months, 86 Fleer Jordans. This is like Nate said, sent in in December of 2021, which is just crazy. It's absolutely nuts. Uh, it, it actually kind of breaks my brain. It does. And we're going to share some numbers now about this 86 Fleer Jordan from the pop report starting on April 29th, 2021, up until now, uh, all the pop report data powered by car ladder. So let's look at that and see what we can find before showing the individual breakdown, of all the numbers. I want to point out how we found the data on all this population report. So car ladder here, this is car ladder pro. It actually aggregates all the different pop reports between PSA B 
BGS and SGC. It uh, sends it out to each individual card. So right now we are looking at the Michael Jordan 86 Fleer rookies in card ladder. And here you have it. It's ranked by Pop Report right now. It shows us the most graded PSA Jordan 86 Fleer rookie card being the PSA 8 at 8,181. So if I click on the PSA 8, it's going to pull up here the uh, data chart right next to it for the sales of it. Over this is the last month here, but we can do uh, all time. And we can see the massive rise in these and then the massive dip with the massive rise happening in February, right when that one sold for uh, 700 or it's like, yeah, 700 some thousand dollars to the PSA 10. But for the population report data, we have it going back to April 29th and the change in the pop report because Card Ladder on April 29th, 2021 started to track the change in population report for every single card in their database, which is really awesome. So we can see here on April 29th, 2021, there was 7,909 PSA 8s. You see a, a substantial rise through November right there. That's a rise of like nearly 200 PSA 8s. That's a lot, a lot of PSA 8s. And then actually since November, it's been pretty flatline uh, up to 8,181. So to see way more coming in December, Nate, is really interesting here because that really wasn't that like increase of a thing for at least the PSA 8, obviously. But we'll look at the rest of the grades here after this. All I want to say is that Carlyer Pro, you can actually get a seven-day free trial right now if you go down to the link in the bio and hit the uh, the link that will take you to Carlyer. Uh, we would really appreciate that if you go through that. And uh, hop on the Carlyer because all this stuff you can see through Carlyer Pro. And in my mind, the insights are absolutely incredible. You can gain from the population report and the sales data charts because you can see all time with Carlyer Pro. And also, it's, there, there's just so much more to do on here that we're going to talk about more in the future. But uh, for now, if you go and sign up for a seven-day free trial, you can see if you like it or not. And then I uh, go ahead and, and uh, I think it's $15 a month for the Carlyer Pro, or you can get the full year at a discount too. So what you're looking at right now is a chart that has all the different population reports. The start and the start of this population report, like I said, was on April 29th, 2021, and the now. And the now is as of Tuesday, January 18th, 2022. So basically what we did was we just logged in all the different starts versus the population now for every single different grade from 1 to 10 with 8.5s included and then calculated the percent growth of that specific grade and then the percent of the total population for that grade and then the change in, per in percent for the percent of the total population compared from like let's say it's a PSA 1. We'll take 190 that there are right now PSA 1s and compare it to the total 20,729 that are graded of 86 FLIR Michael Jordans now. So there's a lot of numbers on this on this chart. It'd be stupid of me just to read them all off because it'll mean nothing to you unless I just give you the main insights. So first of all, from April 29th, 2021, until now, there was a 7% rise in the total population of the MJ86 FLIR rookie card. That's a gain of 1,355 different ones graded since April 29th. Now we can go and look at which ones had the highest growth. Number one is the PSA 1. There's a 28% increase in PSA 1s. Number two is the 2 at 20%. Three is the 3 at the 20% rate. And then four is the PSA 4 at 18%. So basically, the lowest possible grade increased the most going, and then it went to the 4. At number so 5, it was an 8.5. So this is just, you find a Michael Jordan 86, and no matter the condition, you're sending it into grade so that people know it's authentic. You'd agree? That is exactly what's happening. Because if I walk down this line, I will go from the highest percent change to the lowest per percent change in that specific grade. 1, 2, 3, 4, 8.5, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. This entire list is just about in order of the grade, which is extremely insightful because you could look at the overall, like Nate, if you just look at that Instagram post and you see number three for 86 Fleer MJ, you're potentially thinking like, what is going on? Where are all these MJs coming from? Is my MJ going to decrease in value? You know, like all these different things might go through your head if you see that chart without, or that graphic from PSA without looking into it more, which thank goodness Carl Larry gives us the ability to look into it more because I myself was like, what is going on here? If you go and look at the PSA 8, which is the highest graded card, like the most amount of MJ86 Fleers are in the PSA 8 grade at 8,181. Kind of funny, 8181 right there for Kobe. 
that's like the people that you know nate like you get the score it's like eight to 24 at 824 in the game <laughs> all no the sign. time all the time <laughs> and nate grade number eight um but for that psa eight there was only a 3.44 percent growth in that grade so over the past you know 30 years there was the most graded psa eights been the last was that nine months or something now there was the least or the third least amount of growth in that population. So that's a good sign, right? Like it'd be a little worrisome. Let's say Nate, if there were a ton more eights getting added to the population report, cause it means two things. One, there's just eights coming out of the woodwork that are they real? Or are they fake? Who knows? Or it means that people were cracking sevens and trying to bump them up to eights or they're cracking 8.5s and trying to turn them into nines. And then they go to eights. That one of the two. Actually, that's a really good point because we do not know how many of these cards got cracked out of already graded PSA. You know, somebody took 10 sixes and cracked them out and regraded them. And if only five come back sixes and uh, the other five come back different grades, then that PSA six is actually off. And we do not know the actual number to that. Well, all, technically, it would just double the pot. Every single new one added would double the pop, no matter what. And no, no, I know, but then the technical, technically, the PSA six population—if people crack them out and they didn't come back six—is that should go down, but it's not going to go down because it's not reported that people cracked them out. Correct, I agree with that. Now, another really interesting thing here is I'm going to flip over to card ladder really quick. Okay, so what we're looking at right now is the A63 PSA 10 Jordan. The last sale was $360,000 to pop 321. This is the third lowest pop out of all the Jordans graded. The next, the lowest ones below that are ones and twos, which is kind of funny to think, but now there's more tens than twos. But let's look at this pop graph on card ladder pro. This is the first time I've seen a graph go down. On 11-25-2021, it says that there was 321 PSA 10s. On 12-02-2021, it says 320. So clearly, huh. one of these was either found to be fake and it had to get deactivated, which I think is the most likely scenario, or does someone send it in trying to get a new label and they undergrade it although they're not supposed to and send it down to a nine that would be probably the most disappointing thing ever did they send it into bgs hoping to get a bgs 10 and then bgs reported that there's one less psa graded card it you never i mean i have no idea i, I mean i don't no think bgs would do that for a lot of things but considering an iconic card like this maybe they would want there to be one less psa card out there you never know i have no idea why but i've never seen this um, I understand it can happen. Clearly, it's possible. I my best guess is that one was found to be fake and they deactivated it. That's and that's scary to say the least. Yeah, because you're kind of hoping a, that if it's in a PSA case, it's not fake. And keep in mind, this most likely, if it was to be a fake card, would be in an old PSA label. Um, the new PSA labels are. I know I guaranteeing stuff in the sports card industry is not a good thing to do. So I'm not going to guarantee it, but they're like nearly impossible to fake. I want to say based on the lighthouse tech that goes into it um, with the new label and everything. So the new ones are much more secure than the old ones, but you never know. You never know what people can pull. So I don't want to say people are getting like, smarter every day. You know, I, I would say this. If you're in the market to spend $360,000 on a card, ask every single person, you know, that knows what they're talking about in this specific demographic to make sure it's real. That's what I would do if you're spending that much money. Um, but yeah, basically the old labels tread very lightly with those things could be fake. Um, but also could like, I'm not saying they are fake. Keep in mind that I'm not trying to say that at all. Cause there are real old labels out there. Just make sure you're scanning the actual barcode to make sure it shows up in PSA's database too. That's a big thing. You can scan the barcodes now with your phone through the PSA app. But yeah, that is the PSA 10 right there. The last thing I want to look at quick is the percent change in the total population of a specific grade. So if you look at the PSA 1 right here, there's 190 total graded right this second as of Tuesday the 18th. If you compare that to the 20,729, that would mean that 0.92%, less than 1% of the PSA graded MJ Fleers out there are ones. Now this number right next to it, the percent change 
actually mirrors the same order of the percent change in that specific grade. But basically, this means that there's a 20% increase in the PSA ones compared to all the other grades for the total population. The number might go over a lot of people's heads, which I guess I have no really better way to sum it up. Um, and if it does, then that's fine. But um, basically, what it's just trying to say is that the PSA ones are increasing at an extremely fast rate compared to all the other grades and eating up more of that total population. And uh, I think that there's one more interesting thing we want to share to see if these grading switches in the population of MJs is affecting the price of the cards on the secondary market. Because generally, when we look at population reports, the main reason is to see how it affects the price, the supply versus the demand. So the last thing we're going to take a peek at for the MJ86 FLIR topic before we make a couple conclusions ourselves. This is the compare tool on Carletta Pro. So this lets us compare eight different cards at one time. You're going to look at this chart and you're going to say, this means nothing to me, which is totally fine. Um, it charts eight different cards, all the different grades we have here from one to eight. We do not have 8.5s included, nor nines, nor tens, um, just because those are getting significantly higher grades than the, all the rest of them. But what we really want to check out here is the details of each individual card because it will show us what the largest percent droppers are in this case because most of these MJs are way down from this will start on April 28th, 2021 when they start to track the population growth. So for the PSA 8, since that time up until today, this will be January the 19th as of today, it's dropped 15%, the PSA 8. The PSA 7 has dropped 40 or nearly nearly 40%. The PSA 5 has dropped 28%. PSA 6, I went out of order there, my bad, went uh, dropped 22%. The PSA 5, oh, I already said the PSA 5. The PSA 4 dropped 20%. The PSA 3 actually is the only one that increased on this list, which was 8%, even though that ton of 3s were getting added over the last 9 months. The PSA 2 dropped 14%, and the PSA 1 dropped 4%. So, Nate, if I see anything from this, it's meaningless. It is literally meaningless how the population has changed over the last 9 months, at least right now at least right now for the secondary market values. Do you have any thoughts on how that could change this and all these different values that we're looking at here for the PSA grade 86 flares going forward? So you're saying population has gone up, but the price, the cards are dropping no matter what, and they're all dropping at similar rates. So it doesn't matter which card went up more than others because they're all kind of down. I mean, so, I mean, PSA seven here is down 40%, but, yeah, but that also are... could be an outlier sale that happened to start because if you look here, the starting price for the PSA seven at 10,040, sorry, $10,400 is actually above the starting value of the PSA eight. Okay. 9,700. So if that, you know, it, if you go up to the graph, can you find PSA 7 and find the next sale? Yeah, it's the purple line. Yeah, look at that one. That The next one was 8,200, which makes way more sense. So that 10,400 is most likely an outlier for the purple okay. or the PSA 7. So we'll just discount that completely. So 8,200 is significantly better. Yeah, it, it, it more puts it in like that 25% realm, you know? Yeah. And a lot of these things are between 15 and 25%, no matter what the pop report came back as. And the PSA one's actually the lowest dropper outside of the three, which actually increased a little bit, which was minus 4%. And I would say that afford affordability matters a lot here. You know, you get more people that can afford these cards and it's more risk adverse. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, a lot of more people can put $2,500 into a card, so it's going to drop less because more people can afford it. Not to mention when the overall pop is 190 for once. Sorry, I just talked over over you. Say what you're going to say. Oh, I was just saying, you know, if if way more people can afford a $2,500 card and want a Michael Jordan, it's likely that that's going to stay up, whereas nearly all those people are not going to spend $9,000 on a Michael Jordan, so you're only going to get a number of people that can do that. And if a couple of people already have it, a lot easier to lose $600, $700 swings or whatever. Right. Not to mention there's only 191s anyways. So it's not like that this card's selling that frequently. Um, there's only 25 sales over the past nine months versus a six, 136 sales and seven, 229 sales and eight, 317. To me, the population change, it could have contributed to the overall drop across the board, population's up seven percent. 
Drops are between 15 and 25% in that realm. It could have contributed to it outside of the just straight fact that people are spending less money on high population cards too right now. More people are looking at the numbered cards, the rare cards. I would venture to guess this will have to be a whole nother topic another day. That if we went and looked up other low serial numbered cards of MJ from the 90s, from the early 2000s for exquisites, those probably have been done much better over the last nine months than these. And that brings me to the fact, the question of this entire stream is, is the 1986 Fleer Jordan overrated? And I'm going to let you all comment in the in the comments right now. Let us know. Do you think that the MJ86 Fleer is overrated? Yes or no? And why? Nate, you go say your yes or no and why, and then I'll give mine. Um, yes. Number one, there's 20,000 of them. Around that, there. Could be less. <laughs> that'd be like, that'd be like, and that's just PSA. You know, we think the Fernando Tatis Tops Chrome is overrated or anything like that. You know, there's high pops of there, Juan Soto. Um, uh, anything that high is going to be overrated. And it doesn't matter if you are the best basketball player of all time. If there's 20,000 of those cards, not including BGS, not including SGC, not including GMA or whoever else might have oh accidentally graded an 86 Fleer at one point of Michael Jordan. Um, well, right, right here, the top three graded BGS cards at least add up to seven, like around 7,000. Yeah. So, okay. We're looking at, an, we're, we're probably looking at 30,000 and then you have Roz. There's gotta be some Roz sitting around there. Um, and so for me, I don't care if he's the best basketball player of all time. There's 30,000 of these rookie cards. Graded. Graded. Uh, so just off the top of my head, I'd rather have an 87 Fleer sticker or uh, an 88 Fleer third year. Um, 88 sticker uh, looks really good. Uh, just cards off the top of my head that might or might not be on the my table downstairs. You'd rather have those more than an 86 Fleer rookie? I was kidding. I was okay, kidding. I was they're, they're you, better my, be, you better be joking me. They're, they're on my table downstairs. I, I knew that you had those from that small that small vintage collection or whatever, but I'm, I, if you were serious there, okay. No, no, I wasn't I wasn't being serious. But on a serious note, since you used to own the Nike promo card from 1985, um, I don't know what the pop report on that is. But if I was looking at this, and I'm still trying to find a cool Michael Jordan near rookie card, rookie card, uh, I'd be going after I'd be going after that. So we just searched this in car ladder right here, the 85 Nike promo. PSA 8, there's 1,457. PSA 9, there's 1,050. Um, that is significantly less than the 86 Fleer. Yeah. And also, I would add in, if I were to make a pick like Nate, uh, I would personally, like, if, if I got 300,000 something for that PSA 10, I would probably rather go get an exquisite patch autograph. That's just me. I know others would rather have the rookie card, the PSA 10. That a whole nother debate is, is the 86 Fleer Jordan even a rookie card? We've had that before in a live stream. We'll save that for another day also because we could go on way too long. But uh, for my answer, cool card, iconic card, yes. Overrated price-wise, I think so, especially with how the market's changing. Um, scarcity wins, rarity wins. You want to have what the other person can't have in the marketplace today. And everyone can go get themselves a Jordan A6 Fleer if they have the money to. I'm not saying that everyone can go spend that type of money in sports cards, but it's more like you go on eBay, PWCC, wherever else you want to find some sports cards, you will find A6 Fleer Jordans for sale. No doubt about it. Doesn't matter where you are, you'll find them. And that's the difference here is I'd rather have something rare that people can't find. That's my um, take. Quick question, and maybe somebody in the chat, or maybe you could answer this. Yeah. Why in the back in, back in the day did they wait years and years and years? I'm looking at John Stock, uh, John Stockton, 1988 rookie card the other day uh, from Fleer. And do you know what year John Stockton started playing in the NBA? Uh, 85. 84-85 season. Is that the same as Jordan? Was his rookie year? It's the same as Jordan, right? Yeah. Yeah. That is. Um, so 84, 85, his rookie card is an 88. I don't know if they had to sign individual deals with, you, with each player to be able to use their image back then versus like an association that could be a thing. Um, I have no idea, 
but that's my best guess. But that's also probably wrong. So yes, like Nate said, let us know in the comments why they had to wait until it specifically Stockton for Jordan. There was no pack release cards between 84, 85 um, to release actually a Jordan rookie. They had like the little team sets with the star, but curious why for Stockton, they had to wait until 88 Fleer versus 86 or 87. Uh, so outside, let us know what you think. Yes or no. Jordan, 86 Fleer overrated. And why? Please let us know why Stockton and Reggie Miller might have had to wait till 88 Flair to have their rookie. That would be also something uh, interesting to find out. All right, moving on to our who's hot, who's not of the week. And who's hot is Josh Allen. So, Aaron, I have a quiz for you. Yes, sir. You ready for this? Mm-hmm. How many games in NFL history have had a team that didn't have a punt, didn't have a field goal, didn't have a turnover? and scored a touchdown on every single one of their offensive drives except for when they kneeled down at the end of the game. Well, you must think I live underneath the rock because it happened for the first time with the Bills. <laughs> That's right, time. and I'm sure everyone else heard that. The <laughs> Buffalo Bills are the first team to have a flawless game. Now, flawless is a little tongue-in-cheek as they did have a missed extra point, or maybe two, um, but uh, they scored a touchdown on every single drive, and Josh Allen, was a massive part of that. I don't I'm sure you watched the game. The little dump off pass for his first touchdown to Knox in the end zone. Supposed to be thrown out of bounds. He got a touchdown on it anyways. And from there, everything was coming up gold for Josh Allen and the Bills. They absolutely demolished, demolished their demons and demolished every bad thing that's happened to him in the last 20 years with a absolute whomping of the Patriots and Bill Belichick and Mac Jones. Mac Jones did not look ready to go. Obviously trusting a rookie quarterback to lead you into the playoffs is always a risk. doesn't happen very often. And now you see why. And they won 47 to 17. Josh Allen was 21 for 25 with 308 yards and five touchdowns. He also rushed for 66 yards and just on the season. So you guys know he had 4,400 yards passing 36 touchdowns to 15 interceptions the interceptions a little bit high but whatever he also had 763 rushing yards and six touchdowns um i knew he was running a a lot because the buffalo bills did not have a run game he was their run game but i can't believe that if you add his rushing yards and his passing yards together he's coming out at 5100 yeah along with 42 touchdowns total which is crazy to me yeah, I mean, really good season again from Josh Allen, which over the last month now from 12-19 until today, had a 41% rise. This was in his 2018 Select Silver, the premier level, PSA 10, uh, pops at 207 for this card right now. Went from $425 all the way up to 600 as of January 17th. Now, if you do zoom out a little bit, interestingly enough, over the last three months, this is down 7.69%, $50 drop. Uh Nate, how good were Josh Allen cards looking in December when these things kind of bombed out? Real good. You know they're going to be a playoff team, likely a playoff team. And at this point, bet on the experience. Josh Allen's been in the league for a number of years. Bet on the Bills, having the experience in the playoffs, having an experienced QB now um, to figure it out, right the ship, and uh, they did. They did. I got to imagine if they upset the Chiefs in Arrowhead, his market uh, is going to get really hot. Little, little, little thing there. They just had a huge, huge, huge game against their bitter rivals. Played right. their hearts out, dominated them. Big chance for a letdown game here in Kansas City. Could be, could not be. <laughs> I well, just, just, just knowing what it's like to have a huge game and to play your heart out and beat the team that you hate the most and that has had your number for 20-some years um, to finally beat them in the playoffs and do it in convincing fashion like the Bills did, I'm just saying I wouldn't be shocked if they came out flat this week against the Chiefs. Or they come out with a ton of momentum. <laughs> but I actually see what Nate says because when the Badgers upset Kentucky who were undefeated and beat Carl Anthony Towns, I was just on top of the world just to go lose to Duke in the national championship game. Kind of exactly. a similar situation. But um, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. But what I will say is that Sunday, January 23rd at 5.30 p.m. is when the Bills are playing the Chiefs. Saturday night, a ton of high-end Josh Allen cards and Mahomes cards, for that matter, are selling through the PWCC Premier Auction. It's been really interesting to see what those things sell for. Um, 
if it happened after the game, that could be good or bad. You upset the Chiefs listening to sell for a lot, and you lose, and sellers are getting definitely not as much as they would if they won or didn't play yet. So we'll see how that fares. For our who's not of the week, we had Josh Allen's counterpart on the sidelines. Already talked about him, Mac Jones. The nicest thing I can say about Mac Jones is I watched that entire game, and I don't remember I don't remember him. I do not remember him. I remember the Bills very vividly. I do not remember Josh or Mac Jones. He went two touchdowns, two picks. Uh, his team got walloped. Garbage time stats in there. Uh was not pretty. Was not pretty for Mac Jones. We don't need to get into it. I still think he's going to be a good QB. I do question how long Bill Belichick stays there. So, you know, if you are Mac Jones and Bill Belichick, that's one thing. If it's Mac Jones and whoever the world they get to replace Bill Belichick, that's a whole nother yep. conversation. Um, but Mac Jones' most memorable thing was that he was unmemorable against the Bills. And uh, the card we are highlighting this week is his 2021 Donruss PSA 10. The, 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 the most graded card by PSA in the month of December, if you can believe that. Yeah, Nate, let me touch on that really quick. So this is absolutely ridiculous. This card, the chart, the pop graph, all of it. Just everything about this card is ridiculous because we highlighted this card when it was touching like 1300 bucks on Instagram. And that was like one of our most, I'm sure, engaged posts of the last couple months. Uh, to think of a base card going over a thousand dollars from a set that was for sure highly produced is crazy. Now remember, the cheapest you could have submitted these cards to PSA for at the time that these things were releasing was $150 a card. So by December 9th, there was 92 PSA tens out there. And I'm sure right around that time is when they started to go up to like $1,300. He had that huge game. Patriots won like seven games in a row or something like that. And these cards were booming. Now PSA eventually, but this was only a few weeks ago, dropped their price to $100 a card, no limit. And I'm sure people started to submit these things at $150 once they started to see themselves for $1,000 plus. You see the pop by $1,216 rise to $402. You see it by $1,223 rise to $844. If you can tell, this is a weak stretch between what I'm saying, these numbers 402 to 844 in one week, 972 to 1037. And now today it's at 1154 as of the 19th. Now, the absolutely insane part about this graph is that it dropped like a rock. Once I hit $1,300, at, oh, wait, I must, I'm very confused here because this did not only sell for $1,300, this actually went for $3,000. That's when I posted it. It was not $1,300. 3,000. That is just astronomically insane to me. So many people took these cards, submitted them for $150 a piece. They would get graded within a week and a half or so. And you can just see the dump off happen. We're talking 1280 to 12 to 1000 to 770. You know, we're talking multiple sales a day, all dropping further and further and further and further for it to be $190 to $200 card right now. I said in the Instagram post, I would not be surprised if by the draft, these things were like $200. I think I, that was my prediction. And uh, by January 18th, we're at $200. Can I that just say is... that $200 still seems insanely high? Oh, yeah. $200 for myself was like, like a Donruss base here. I mean, I was like, oh, $200. Like, I'm going to be safe. So I don't say like 50 bucks and it doesn't hit there. If, if a prism base is sitting at $200, that's where I'm like, all right, it makes sense. It's probably a bad use of funds, but it makes sense. A thing uh, at $200 is insanity. Now I get that Prism is not out for Mac Jones yet, but maybe people, these people should be looking ahead a little bit. Here's the thing. Prism's not out yet. Select's not out. Optic's not out. None of those cards are out. Contenders is not out. Save your money. Save your money. Because if you look at Joe Burrow, we're going to go here and we're going to switch this timeline to the last like three months. Or actually, let's just do three months. Um. Joe Burrow's Donruss PSA 10 is $180 card. There's 2,424 PSA 10s out there of this card, mostly because it's cheaper to submit to grading when this, these cards came out. But there's already 1,154 Mac Jones PSA 10s. Now remember, it was the most submitted card in December. How many of those are still out there to be graded? We don't know yet. Do not spend your money on this Mac Jones PSA 10. It's only going to drop further from here. And Joe Burrow, who is insanely hot and clearly one of the best young quarterbacks in the NFL, 
is $179 after his hot stretch. This increased, you know, $43 in the last three months, which is pretty impressive for a base PSA 10. Um, my goodness, I can't even believe this chart. Yeah. Crazy, and let's, crazy. let's remember that the Patriots defense is aging. Their coach is aging and going to retire at some point, presumably, unless Bill Belichick just decides to go until he's 100. Um, the defense looked old, slow against the Bills. And you still have to keep going up against the Bills. You have to keep going up against a improving Jets team and an improving somewhat Dolphins team. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if you looked up in a couple years as the defense kind of ages out that you're looking at it. And if Bill Belichick retires, that you're looking at the bottom of the AFC East. Yeah. Not surprised either. And I will point out Mac Jones uh, downtown. The recent peak in December was 2,500 for a raw. That seems crazy considering there's a lot of these out there. And the most recent sale was 1425, which is, you know, quite a significant drop, even on a car that's not a base. And um, I'm sure it's only going to drop further, especially as optic comes out. So uh, I would say uh, Mac Jones, wait and see what happens. Wait for all the new sets to come out. Would not be surprised if these cars just keep on dropping further, especially as all those new sets actually come out because Mosaic just released also. What is up, everybody? It's Zach from App Premier Soccer Investing coming out to yet another Slap Stocks YouTube FC YouTube video. Let's get into it. Today, I'm going to be talking about three risers and three fallers so far this season in car prices. The first faller definitely has to be Jaden Sancho. This is his 2018 Top Scrum Champions League PSA 10, and this card is seen a huge decline in the last six months, down 67%, $169. It started at $251 and is now $82. And this surprise, frankly, is very unsurprising. So Sancho had the big move to United. That's where you see this little, little price increase right here. But it just hasn't gone well for him so far this season at Old Trafford. He's had trouble, a lot of trouble getting on the field, considering he has to compete with Rashford, Ronaldo, Greenwood, Cavani, Fernandez in an attacking role. There's only there's only eleven guys can make the pitch, and he's often the odd man out. And then because he's not even playing much, when he gets on the field, he's not that same guy he was at Dortmund, where he's confidently running at defenders and making back lines lives and living nightmare. And instead, he's a lot more timid and just overall less adventurous on the ball, which is what made him so great to begin with. And honestly, I, I see the slide continuing. He looks he looks like a broken player right now, unfortunately. The situation for playing time at United isn't really changing for him. And if it continues on like this, his cards will drop and they'll continue to drop because he won't even be selected for the England team if his form stays like this. And if you're not playing in a World Cup at, for a guy that was expected to, like a Sancho, it's going to be bad news for your card prices. Moving on, one guy who's really been on the rise this season, who's having an excellent, excellent season, is Venetius Jr. This is 2018 Donruss PSA 10. This card is up almost 231% since July. It's up $97 from $42 all the way to $139. And just like his card, Venetius's rise this season has been, frankly, meteoric. It's been him and Benzema uh, just carrying uh, – Real Madrid right now, they're right in the thick of the title race. They're in the thick of the Champions League, too. And he's just he's just been putting in brilliant performances week after week, and he's finally capitalizing on that talent that Real Madrid and the rest of the footballing world saw from him when they brought him in originally. And it's really like the name of the game for Vinicius has been consistency. Consistency having the final product. That's been huge for his prices, and frankly – I think his form is very sustainable because he's shown glimmers in the past. We know he's has the talent and now he's a little older, a little more mature. He's one of the main focal points of his team and he's finally putting it all together. Additionally, Brazil, who's his country has already qualified the world cup for the world cup. He's one of the star players there. And I expect Brazil to always be one of the contenders for the world cup. If you're scoring goals for one of the big contenders, your card prices will rise. The sky really is the limit for Venetius Jr. Moving on, the next guy I want to look at, this is another faller, has been 
Harry Kane, though this trend could be re- reversing based on the performance he had against Leicester today. Goal and assist. He's, he's finally looking back to that Harry Kane that Tottenham and England fans know and love. But I digress. This is 2018 Prism World Cup PSA 10. Card is down 42%. Since July, it's a $20 change from $47 to $27.25. Yeah, Kane, Kane has had a rough go of it this season. He didn't get his desired move to Man City. He's had a lot of mileage under his legs in the past couple of years, and it finally seemed to be catching up to him. He wasn't putting in the performances. Tottenham were floundering under Nuno. But since we've sacked Nuno and Conti has come in, Harry Kane's performances are back on the up. Tottenham's results are there too, right there in the thick of it for the top four race. Still in the FA Cup as well. Um, he's just he's looking like the Harry Kane that was led the Premier League in goals and assists last season. And again, he is the captain of England, one of the most popular teams in the world, one of the best teams in the world, who will very much be right there with the shot to win the World Cup come the end of this year. And if you captain a country to a World Cup title, cards are going to the moon, frankly. And additionally, what he has working for him too in the later term is if Tottenham invests in back Conti, he's shown that with a little money, he can he can go and win trophies and win leagues. And Harry Kane's probably saying at Tottenham now that Conti's there. So who knows what Tottenham could be looking like next year as well. But Harry Kane had a rough go of it this season, but his performance was bouncing back up. Might we come back to this chart a month or two from now and see where his card prices are at? We'll see. It'll be one to watch. And then guy who's probably, not probably, he's been the best player in the world this season, Mohamed Salah for Liverpool. This is 2018 Prism, Silver Prism World Cup PSA 10. It's risen almost 140% since July. That's up almost $155 from $110 all the way up to $265. It peaked at $350. It's gone down a little bit in the last week or so because he's out of sight, out of mind, playing for Egypt and the Africa Cup of Nations, not for Liverpool in the Premier League right now. And while that is a major tournament for him and for his country and for the other countries competing in it, it really does not move the needle of the card market too much. And his performances in the Premier League were what's do were moving his prices, especially when he went on his ridiculous streak of scoring a goal basically every single game. He was untouchable for a three-month stretch. He's still, frankly, been amazing, and Liverpool have been really missing him since he's been gone. Yeah, Salah, I think his, he's still got a lot of room to grow, too, because I, why wouldn't he keep this performance up? He's always been a great player with great numbers, and now it's just he's just reached another level of greatness, and I think we're going to uh, go a few months down the road, and he's going to be there winning the ball and door for the performances he's had this season. You win the ball and door, your prices will rise. And just Liverpool in the title race, too. And then moving on to the last faller of this video, we have Jao Felix. 20, this is 2018 Tops Chrome Champions League PSA 10, down 53% in the last six months, almost $133. It started at $250, and it's all the way down to $117.50 now. Again, just this is a further continuation of the trend that Jao uh, Felix has had at Atletico Madrid. He's just does not fit into that team. He's not a Simeone type of player. He's not the defensive, hardworking, industrious master of the dark arts. He's a creative, free-flowing player that plays without structure. And while that's great, it doesn't fit that Atletico Madrid team. Uh, they spent 130 million euros on him. Frankly, I don't know why with what we've seen and he, again he's just he's not justifying the price tag he's not justifying the hype his cards once had once had and they're continuing to decline and i think they will continue to do so because even when he's with portugal he's still looking like a lost player a shell a shell of his former self almost and it's just going back to sancho it's a confidence thing when you're not playing as much if your performances aren't great for your country too card will suffer also portugal is is in danger of missing the world cup and if he was to miss the World Cup, then he wouldn't even have that to justify to move his the needle of his prices too. So yeah, it's looking bleak for Jao Felix. The last one, so on the rise, the high high in Holland market, illustrated by the 2019 Topps Chrome Bundesliga Refractor PSA nine. This card, even though the the, the base Holland market is steadier declining, this is up 32 percent since July, up 375 dollars. 
from $1,175 to $1,550. And again, Holland's a machine. He's scoring goals. Fortunately for him and for Boucher and Dortmund, however, they're not really in the in, in with the shout to win any major trophies. They're not really in touching distance of Bayern in the Bundesliga, and they've already been knocked out of the Champions League. But what Holland does have going for him and why I think he could be a good buy right now is he's going to have that mega move this summer. It's going to happen. There's no way a team doesn't pay a team like Real Madrid doesn't pay his release clause. When he gets that, he's going to one of the best teams in the world, challenging for trophies, who's in the spotlight of the world week in and week out, especially in the Champions League. That's what's going to move the needle on his prices, and that's what's going to lead to a further continuation continuation of this trend and further growth in his car prices. So I think Holland over this next year will really be interesting, especially this summer with how much the transfer market does influence his car prices. Uh, that's going to do it for this week. All this data is provided by Card Ladder. There'll be a link in this description to sign up. There's a seven-day free trial to see if you like it. I strongly recommend it. As you can see, great graphs, great data. There's so many cool features throughout. Great way to track your collection and the rises and falls it has. Yeah, that's going to do it for this week. Thanks for watching. Okay, everyone, that was the Weekly Slab number seven. Thank you all for coming back another week to the Weekly Slab, releasing Thursdays at 6 p.m. Eastern time. We covered the flawless market, the Jordan A6 Fleer. We talked about our 2022 flip quest and also the horrid Mac Jones market right now and the what's hot, what's not, plus some uh, soccer card data analysis. Thanks to Zach. Really excited for you all to be here. If you are still sticking around to this point, it means you are a diehard listener of the Weekly Slab. If you want to share your thoughts on a topic in the future, please send us an email or Instagram DM if you'd rather do that. Uh, email is info at slabsocks.com. We are looking to bring on a couple of guests in future episodes for maybe five to 10 minutes or a little bit more maybe uh, to talk about a topic. If you're a collector, let us know and want to talk about something you collect. Whatever it is, just send us an email or DM and we can see if we can get you into a upcoming weekly slab. Really excited for you all to be here. Let us know in the comments also some of those topics we talked about. Is the 86 Fleer Jordan overrated or not? And we'd love to respond to you in the comments section on YouTube. And uh, also thanks all for listening to the podcast. So please come back next week, 6 p.m. Eastern time for the weekly slide number seven. We hope you all have a safe and great weekend.